0: This is Your Morning Basket, where we help you bring truth, goodness, and beauty to your homeschool day. Welcome to the Your Morning Basket podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I am so happy that you are joining me here today. Well, on today's episode of the podcast, we are talking all about Advent carols or Advent Music with my very good friend Jenny Shaw. Now, Jenny is a mom of seven who has the most beautiful voice. She studied music in college. She was actually introduced to music by her mom in her own homeschooling days. So, this is kind of a second generation. And the great thing is, Jenny's not just keeping all of this wonderful music knowledge and that beautiful voice in her home, she is sharing it with all of us. We're going to be talking today. All All about Advent music and how we can use music to set the atmosphere of our homes in the days leaning up to Christmas. We continue the conversation that we started last week about Advent with what it is and what some of the differences between Advent and Christmas music or hymns. My hopes after this episode of the podcast is for you to take a look at a couple of these wonderful hymns. And maybe decide to use one of them in your home this holiday season. We'll get on with it right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our Advent Morning Time Plans. So these wonderful Morning Time Plans are four weeks to help you prepare your heart for the holidays in morning time. You can use these with your kids and they make a wonderful addition to your holiday morning time. And the best thing about these plans is they are absolutely free. All you have to do to get them is come over to the website at pambarnhill.com forward slash advent, enter your email address, and you can download your set of plans. Now they are Freshly revamped this year. They've gone from three weeks of plans to four weeks of plans to take you all the way through the Advent season. We focus on Handel's Messiah, some Advent prayers, memorizing verses from Isaiah related to the Messiah, some Christmas theme math, and some Christmas theme art for picture study, and also some art projects that you can do as well as a little bit of nature study. On the side. So, so many great Advent and Christmas themed activities in this free set of plans we have just for you. So, pambarnhill.com forward slash Advent to get your set today. Jenny Shaw is a second-generation homeschooling mom of seven living deep in the heart of Texas. Jenny holds a B.A. in music, Voice, from Texas Christian University. She is the author of an e-book, Awaiting the Messiah, a family Advent devotional that walks through Handel's Messiah. Jenny shares her musical expertise through the music notes portion of our own morning time explorations, and she is also the author of the Catholic Morning Time Plans here at Your Morning Basket. On her website, barefootabbey.com, Jenny offers readers inexpensive ways to live the liturgical year with good music and delicious food, and she gives us a peek into the life in her domestic monastery. Her newest book, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him, is the perfect way to enter into Advent and Christmas through carols. Jenny, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. You know, I think this is the first time you've ever been on the podcast with as much as we've done together. I know, I know, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Ooh, thanks. Well, start off by telling all the listeners out there a little bit about you and uh, your homeschool. We
1: are Charlotte Mason Homeschoolers mostly side with some some tweaks uh, for our faith. And, uh, you know, we we try to just do as much as possible overlapping with ages, because we do have a lot of kids. so That makes things a little more manageable for me. While we have a bunch of, uh, you know, half of them are not school age. So so balancing that it helps out to have that that little bit of flexibility and overlap. So remind me of their ages. Um, my oldest son is 11. Okay. So 11 (laughs) on down from from there. Yeah. Yeah. So my youngest is 18 months old right now. Okay. George is not the baby anymore. There's no, he got kicked. He got kicked (laughs) up or, or I guess promoted. That's the nicer way to say (laughs) it. There we go. Yeah. He was my buddy, uh, gosh, a couple
0: years ago at the convention now. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, I tell you, you're a second generation homeschooler and you brought your mom to the Texas oh. convention a couple oh. years ago. I love her. She is a
1: bundle of energy. Never met a stranger. <laughs> Never met a stranger. No.
0: <laughs> she certainly hasn't. She certainly hasn't. And your own love of music, did that come from, where did that come from? Was that something from homeschooling, from church? Where? Where did it develop?
1: Well, actually, it started with hymns. Um, After lunch, my mother would would practice. I mean, she's not a a trained musician, but she could read music um, from high school marching band. And she would pick out on the piano, you know, like two parts of a four part hymn. And, um, and that was really my earliest introduction to music. And um, from there, she would just, you know, try to expose us to different things because, you know, like you you said, she didn't have, you know, necessarily a curriculum or education in the subject. But she could turn on the classical music station or she could remember a piece that she had heard uh, and then, you know, and listen for the name at the end of it and then, you know, would play that or find recordings of it, you know, back when tapes and CDs were still a thing. And um, so like Pachelbel's Canon, we had, you know, here's the version with the C in the background and here's the version with the, you know, just the (laughs) piano. You know, so she'd find something and um, just really, um, you know, fall in love with a piece here or there. And that was more of the classical introduction to music. So the hymns and then those pieces that, that resonated with her that she then had for us to then, you know, remember just through everyday exposure. So, your love
0: for music came from what she exposed you to and in, in her own love for music and just her playing those different things for you. Mm-hmm. And then you went off to college and decided this was what you were going to do?
1: Yes. And it was more, I kind of fell into it through the historical uh, door of it. And then, I mean, and I, I mean, I sung in high school choir, but that was it. There wasn't really much of a choir, you know, church-wise. So there wasn't that opportunity until college. And, you know, I just kind of fell into it from there. It was actually Dvorak's Stabat Mater that I heard on the first uh, day. So when we would start a semester, the masterwork that we would do just for the, the basic college choir, like low-level, like no auditions, no nothing, we would listen to the piece. And I was so moved by that, by that masterwork by Dvorak that... Um, I was like, I need to be a part of this, and I need to, to help make that more accessible, you know, because if you don't know about it, it's hard to then uh, incorporate it for your family and find ways that work for you to to use it and it not be as daunting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and that's that's the wonderful thing about what you've done for us. First with the morning time bites, and then through the explorations as well is, you know, uh, we get that lovely recording from you every single sure. month and, and families can sing along. It's so funny. I had somebody tell me recently, they were like, Oh, my child told me, mom, Miss Pam singing opera. Uh, and I'm like, Oh no, 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 <laughs> no. That's not Miss Pam. <laughs> oh, That's Miss that's, that's Jenny yeah. who's doing
1: that. Hey, some, we- some months are better than others. It just depends on the time of day and the... <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> we love it
1: that, that,
0: you know, you do, you do make it where families can use it and make it approachable uh, for them. And so that's such a gift. Well, I know as a, a Catholic family, you practice the liturgical year, I guess, if, if I can say it like that, practicing mm-hmm. the liturgical year, you live the liturgical year. So why do you think music is such a great way to enter into different liturgical seasons? and and when i say that i'm also talking about seasons like christmas and easter that that all christians celebrate mm-hmm. as well so um why do you think music is a good way um, to live that liturgical year so
1: for us at least it's an easy way for us to set the tone and atmosphere and mark the change of the season so for example with uh you know lent and easter you've got that that more penitential time of Lent, and then you go into the celebration of Easter. And likewise, with Advent and Christmas, you have that preparatory, uh, anticipatory uh, season of Advent, and then the greater uh, celebration of Christmas that would go until basically February um, in in medieval times. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's the sounds, you know, people bake and things like that, and that that fills their other senses, smell and... And taste and things like that, but you also have the opportunity to do so uh, through the sense of hearing and and things like that, and then also you know if you choose to sing um, as well it 's just another another way to mark that change for us uh, our family specifically I love that I love that and you 're right uh,
0: so much of the atmosphere. For these different seasons of the liturgical calendar, can be set uh, with music, and and we do things through smell, and we do things through sight with decoration or lack of decoration during some seasons. Um, so it's just another way to utilize those senses and set the atmosphere. Um, so that's great. But I want to talk to you about something that might be a little bit of a point of contention. So what is the difference between Advent music? And Christmas music, or is there a difference
1: between the two? <laughs> uh, well, carol wise, we have to look at you know. Well, and then of course they're called. You can call them Advent carols or Advent hymns or Christmas carols or Christmas hymns. They're they're the same. Those those terms are interchangeable, um, meaning hymns and carols. But it's really when we look at the text and we look at even the tunes, you're going to see a lot more. Um, like I mentioned for Advent. There's a preparation. There's a, um, you know, you can think about it like the the leading up to to any baby being born. You know, uh, you've got to prepare. You got to get things ready. You might have a baby shower, things like that. And you're going to be focusing on different things. And also, Advent itself, not only is it focusing on that first coming of Christ uh, in the flesh, but it's also focusing on His second coming. So there's that dual. Mm-hmm preparation, dual focus um, within the text that you can find. And, you, and sometimes you can even hear in the tune that it's, it might be a minor or, um, you know, not as happy of a tune when they're setting or when they did set those, those texts. So you, sometimes you can hear it, what, the difference between the two, whether it's an Advent carol or a Christmas carol. Some are more peppy than others. But it's usually, you know, what is the content of the lyrics? that's going to tip you off on that. So a
0: lot of times it's the, it's the lyrical content, the, the, the words themselves that are talking about the difference. And we're going to talk about some more specifics in just a minute, but I'm going to put you on the spot. (laughs) Are you, are you a purist? when it comes to music for Advent and Christmas and when each kind of music. Oh, uh, us?
1: So, oh, this is a tough one. This is a real tough one because, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings too, but then also my husband, he's like, I'm going to turn up that, you know, when he drives (laughs) the van, he's like, I'm going to turn on, you know, the local station that of course starts there. I think they're playing it now, actually. um, Oh, my goodness. And and it's the popular... um, I, d- I wouldn't say modern, but I would say like classic holiday music. So think Bing Crosby, think Nat King Cole, think, you know, things like that. And, and he loves it. He eats it up. Um, and I'm, you know, at the house, I'm more like, okay, we're going to have just the advent type, but just for the, you know, it's mostly for the kids because I do want to be able to mark that shift when Christmas actually comes right. because otherwise for me, it's like, okay, it's six weeks of doing, of doing, you know, frosty. Over here, yes. you
0: know? <laughs> and you're sick of
1: Frosty. You really are. And you know, Frosty has nothing to do with Jesus. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And there's that. And I and I think that the more somber tone of some of the, the Advent music, be it Carols, be it classical music, be it even just like the winter instrumental things think uh what comes to mind for that, like Charlie Brown uh, soundtrack, things like yeah. that. Um, which I would like group in more of like folk folk music. You know, with that, you're. I feel like you have more space to kind of prepare your hearts and just, you know, get that get get ready time, so you do feel prepared when it actually hits. You know, and you're like rolling in like a snowball to the to the other season. But I know to each their own, that's, it's a contentious subject. I know.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that you would like put the Charlie Brown instrumental music and like okay, so that's kind of okay before you mm-hmm. know Christmas it's it it's more of a, pr- a preparation music I wonder if that has to do with the fact that you and I grew up watching Charlie right. <laughs> before <laughs> Christmas <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah but or it could be the fact that you could probably just about listen to that one all year round and not get mm-hmm. sick of and it it's
1: real calm um, it's not like a, a a Sousa March or something that's getting you revved up and you know so
0: and it has no lyrics yes, exactly so yeah, it may be so. But then, you know, I'm with you. It I don't know that they're playing it right here, right now. But they start the day after Thanksgiving. And the worst part about it is they stop on Christmas Day. Exactly. You know, it would be nice if they would just carry it out through January 6th. And so you would have the option. But, if you know, unless you have your own Christmas music queued mm. up you know, and and you're listening to the radio, you have no choice if you're going to listen to it. You've got to listen. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So I didn't really want to put you on the spot too much. (laughs) I will say that I try to hold out each year and get closer to Christmas if I can. I certainly don't start listening before Thanksgiving. And every once in a while, we'll turn it on in the car. But I try not to, I try to get closer and closer to Christmas. But Let's move on to the next question, which is, what are some examples of Advent music? Because this is where I struggle. I struggle finding like music that I enjoy listening to throughout Advent so that I don't feel like I have to resort to Christmas music to get into some kind of different spirit. I'm not going to say the holiday spirit, but just, you know, uh, an spirit. out of ordinary time
1: spirit, right. if that makes sense. Yes, I mean, so there's there's a few different routes you can go on that. I mean, when we've kind of mentioned a few, the classical music or the the instrumental or or even um, you know the hymns themselves. Uh, if you want just a um, like a, I guess, an artist or or a choir that's that's really good, that you can look for, say on your Amazon Prime Music or Uh, things like that. The King's Choir of Cambridge is really Mm -hmm. good, um, high quality. And they're the ones who do the lessons and carols with a new hymn each year, and it's always on Christmas Eve. So um, if you can, uh, what we try to do is we try to line up our big tree decorating day with that. And I mean, of course, it's going to be recording because they're in the UK. Um, But the new one will be out that day, that Christmas Eve for us, so we can try to incorporate that so they always have a new hymn composed or reset you know um, each year so that's kind of a fun thing but they're they're always excellent um, in their recordings so anything by them I would recommend like can you
0: give me some examples of songs because
1: I can Mm -hmm. think of of two whole advent songs and i know there have got okay, to be more yeah yeah there. of course i mean so like i said there's some that are going to focus more on like the second coming and then some more um your traditional uh the birth you know preparing for the birth of jesus so there's behold the bridegroom cometh um come that long expected jesus even let all mortal flesh keep silence is is that technically an advent hymn um lo he comes with clouds descending oh come divine messiah um, oh heavenly word, eternal light! On Jordan's bank, the Baptist cry. That's that's uh, technically an Advent hymn too. I mean, the angel Gabriel, the cherry tree Carol. And so you have a yeah, bunch. I've got, <laughs> I've got a long, I got a long <laughs> list that I've You've compiled over the years. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: So are there are there any Advent songs that I'm not going to say secular,
1: but that are let's say more popular than? Hmm. You know, you know what I'm yeah, talking o come, about. Yeah, come, Okamokam come, Emmanuel." I think, is, like, the number one that everybody, uh, whether they know it's ad- an Advent hymn or not, uh, they pretty much know. So there's that one. Uh, one that's more popular, like, in the, in the Anglican world is uh, People Look East. Um, so that's okay. one that we really liked. And we actually sing that one around the Advent wreath versus um, O Emanuel. Come, o come,
0: Okay that's interesting because people look east is my favorite. Okay, Advent, yeah so. yeah I love it.
1: It's, <laughs> I, I just love the imagery of it and and all of that. It's,
0: yeah. yes it's so lovely uh, but I had never considered that I could substitute uh that one for O Come O Come Emmanuel around the mm-hmm. Advent wreath. So you have given me
1: permission to do something go new. Go for it girl <laughs> go for it yeah. I mean and O Come O Come Emmanuel is actually from the last week of of Advent um with the O Antiphon. So I I you know my INTJ, you know, I want everything in its proper place as much as possible as I can with seven kids, you know, so the things I can control, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna put this here. Um, you're not supposed to sing that one until the last yeah, Well, it, Yeah. Um, in, in like the, the divine office where, where it comes from, that's, that's when they start using those antiphons. So that's, that's where it, it all, uh, well, tell everybody who's
0: listening who maybe doesn't know what the O antiphons are, give them a little background on uh on okay. that.
1: Um so there another name for them is um the Golden Knights, and that's basically if you look at uh Advent in in the liturgical sense, it builds as you go each week. Um so there's not a lot going on, even like feast day-wise, towards the beginning, and then you reach Gaudete Sunday, and that's when it's like okay we we're, we're getting close, we're getting close and that last week of the o antiphons you're going over different names for Christ, which each each antiphon is a different name in the Latin, so there's o wisdom and and o key of David, and you're actually moving through chronologically the genealogy as well, so it's almost like a a mini jesse tree if if you're familiar with the jesse tree um mm-hmm. so And it just hits those different names each day until you hit Christmas Eve. And actually, um, if you look back, um, they spell out arrow cross, which means, um, you know, tomorrow he comes. So that's just kind of a modern thing that people have pulled out of it. But it's just it was a big deal in the monastery because that's when they started having a little more laxity to their fasting during this season. And, you know, so they'd bring out the good wine on one of the nights and they'd, you know, have have the fruits that were left over in the in the pantry or the root cellar, um, you know, on another night and things like that. So they were they were building towards that greater celebration um, with Christmas.
0: Yeah, because historically, you know, Advent and I've heard it called before a little mm-hmm. Lent. I mean, this was a this was a time of fasting and preparation We think a lot of Christmas in the modern sense that, you know, from November to December, you're kind of on this downhill slide of uh, going to parties and, uh, you know, baking cookies and things like that. But traditionally, that period there, those four Sundays of Advent and that entire period was a time where you were holding back. Uh, and you were you were preparing, but you were not feasting yet, and you actually didn't start the feasting until december twenty fifth and then it of course went for the twelve days of Christmas through January sixth
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's right i mean and and the tradition of of like even when you started baking. Wasn't until December 21st for St. Thomas, you know, so there was, there were all these little things that were built in, okay, this is when we can, we start this and this is when we have enough time to start this and, but still have that character of the more uh, penitent looking forward
0: Right, right, and so, yeah, and and I think that's one of the things, and I've talked about this with the Scully sisters before, and I can link to that. Uh, we've had a couple of different podcasts on not being the White Witch, um, and this idea that we put so much pressure on ourselves uh, to immediately, after Thanksgiving, start doing Christmas, um, and then it all ending, you know, on the day after, on January 26th, when if, if we thought about it, if we just pulled back a little bit and stopped and used those weeks for their traditional purpose to kind of build up to the big day, we would probably have a lot less stress around the situation.
1: Right, right. And then you can give yourself grace in there too. Oh, well, we didn't get to this thing or this tradition or this activity. Well, we've still got you know the 12 days after Christmas uh, when we're off anyway, uh, usually from school. Mm-hmm. I mean, even people that don't homeschool uh, usually have a big bigger chunk of time there, and you're not trying to run to a holiday concert or this or you know what I'm saying. So there's mm-hmm. there's that uh, breathing room <laughs> for mom. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and so we've kind of gotten into this. What was my next question? Is why is it important for families to slow down and lean into Advent? And and I think we've talked about that there. That you do, you really do give yourself time to lead up to the celebration, and then I love what you said about giving yourself grace and and taking some of those days after Christmas to do some of those activities that you didn't get to.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So let's talk about, uh, you have a lot of little kids at your house. So what are some ways that we can celebrate that Advent Christmas season with those little
1: kids and music? Well, so for us, um, we just because of like my background and and having sung it multiple times. um, One thing that we incorporate as kind of our advent calendar versus um, candy or things like that are uh, snippets or excerpts, whatever you want to term it as uh, of Handel's Messiah. I mean, and when you look at the whole form of, of Messiah, there are three portions. There's the Christmas portion, of course, there's also you know the the Easter, or you would call it, you know, it's more geared towards Lent because it's the suffering of Christ. Um, and then there's like the afterwards, um, you know, Christian life, and then looking towards the the second coming. So we we break that up, and um, I have a calendar to where you know if. Advent, because it does change if, if you're in a liturgical church, um, the length of time changes, so I have it split up in a waiting into the Messiah with different you know years' lengths, and I have it you know each piece or you know sometimes it's a couple of the movements um, to listen to because what and what spurred that is that we were listening you know over the years when i when I first put it on for the kids, they would only want to hear like you know five of the of the songs you know so we listen to the same five movements and I'm like there's like a whole other you know you're missing some stuff here so that that was really my my way of trying to give them a fuller picture of that that masterwork and um the more making more of the pieces memorable for them So how much would you say uh,
0: that you, like on a daily basis, uh, let's just talk a little bit about Awaiting the Messiah, which is the devotional where you've broken this down for people. How how big of a snippet would you say that you listen to on any given day of admit?
1: No, none of them are, even on the longer days, like when Lent is really short, like not longer than 10 minutes, but most of them are like, here's three minutes of one Probably a recitative is usually paired with one of the arias, and that that's it. So, so
0: I'm just I now I'm just going totally practical on you. You know, I've got this house full of little bitty kids, and I'm wanting to play this music for them, and they maybe don't have a lot of exposure to Mm -hmm. it. What are your kids doing while you're playing this three to ten minute piece of music?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, it depends on the day, and over the years it's changed. But uh, if if I had a bunch of little kids and only little children, I would put them all in the bathtub and it'd be part of bath time. Oh, Um, it'd be part of snack time. They're playing Duplos quietly, kind of. Okay, we're going to pop that on right now while they're not, um, you know, (laughs) running around. Because I've got a bunch of, I had a bunch of boys in a row. I had five boys and then, yeah, then our first girl. So (laughs) things, things have been very loud for a very long time. So (laughs) <laughs> so I try to I would jump on um those opportunities when there was a lull in the volume. And I'm 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 not talking about like critical listening as as um some might in you know when in when you get into music education and things like that that critical listening. I'm talking about free listening where it can be the the ambient Music in the background, and then, as they get older, we go into that more attentive listening because I don't really care for that word, word critical um, when when talking about music study, but
0: okay, so about what age do you kind of start making a transition into that attentive listening, and then what do you do if you have you know two or three who are above the attentive listening age and then a number that aren't <laughs>
1: How do you make Mm -hmm. that work? Um, Well, I mean, so when they get to, so I would say, you know, when they're, when they're sitting down and can do like a read aloud with you, they can, they can listen to a short piece. Um, You know, while, I mean, you can still be doing like handicrafts and things like that, that aren't, aren't taking, you know, their full, their full attention um if it's you know a longer piece it's nice to have those things if it's a shorter shorter piece um even just like my elementary aged children which they all they all are now but like even the younger elementary aged children um you know they can lay their head down or they can you know be eating a snack or they can you know anything like that because they they can still hear and pick things out um even though it might not seem like they're giving it their full one hundred percent, you know, to every beat of the measure, you know, right, <laughs> right. And so
0: then, once the piece is over, then what does it look like? Do you move into some kind of discussion or explanation, or you're just like, okay, that's it. We're we're not, you know, that's all there is to it.
1: Mm-hmm. So in awaiting the Messiah specifically, I have four weeks worth of you know more structured you know, basic music, you can call it music appreciation, um, if you'd like, music study for specific pieces that fall in that week. So that's like the deeper dive, if you want to take that, but even just, you know, what instruments did you hear? One thing that even my younger kids like to do is, um, because sometimes it's a choir, sometimes there's soloists, sometimes things like that uh, are swapped between, or during a piece, you can Say, okay, raise your hand when it's just one person singing, Mm. you know, stand up when, you know, if the choir comes in or, you know, things like that. And that's just little simple things that I don't, I don't even like write down that you can throw, throw in there just so that they, you know, that they are listening to that more attentively than, than just, you know, background music, but that's not even like a necessity for each one, or even like what what text or what what was your favorite part of that piece, or what what line did you hear that that you liked, or what do you think they meant when you when you heard them sing this, or you know, there's lots of of different things, and it's got all the text in there that you can because okay, so Handel has a bunch of runs in the music, and that's just a lot of notes for one syllable. Um, in chant, they call that melisma, but you know, when you're into like classical music, you know, they're just called called runs and things like that. But um, so sometimes, even though it is in English, it can be difficult to hear the actual what the actual text is. So it's nice to have, you know, either a child read that after the fact or before the or before or pick out a line from there and try to hear for it. I mean, there's just so many options to make it fit your actual ages and stages.
0: Oh, I love it. And everything that you've just said to me, you don't have to be any kind of
1: musical expert to be able to pull off in your home. Mm -mm. And no prep. That's my thing. If it's got a lot of prep, I'm like, oh, do I really want to do this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try to talk myself out of it because I'm like, okay, what's the payback on this? Yeah. For, yeah. Oh for, you, anyway. yeah. You're
0: exactly right. Um, And it, you, you mentioned attentive listening, but it almost seems to me like it's active listening when you start talking about, Oh, raise your hand when you hear this or stand up when you hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so perfect for those elementary age kids. And then moving into you know, let's read this line, let's, let's hear these words or listen for these words, then that starts aging the activities up.
1: Right, yeah, well. and you can get into mood and all that stuff. Did it sound like it was happy at this point when they were talking about this, or did this seem more, you know, subdued here? You, I mean, you can make it as elevated vocabulary-wise as you, as you want, and it still be drawing just from the, the basic level of the text And the music, you know, so you're not even getting into like theory, uh, analysis or anything like that for it to still be good for those older ages.
0: Yeah. And just having those good conversations about what they're hearing. And I think sometimes leaving uh, the theory out of it makes it a more enjoyable practice for, you know, then, then it's just like, you're just having a conversation about something beautiful that you're
1: hearing and it doesn't become a subject you're doing in school. Yeah. There's not as much pressure put on upon the experience there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very much so. I love that. So many good ideas. There so many good ideas. So if there are some families who want to include Advent music, uh, you know, and we're not even talking at this point about replacing Christmas carols. If if you're the person who listens to Christmas carols from the day after Thanksgiving through Christmas, you know, we're not saying, oh, throw those out and don't listen to them at all. But if, you, if they would like to maybe add in some Advent carols and begin to hear some of the differences in those lyrics, uh, where would you have them start?
1: Well, so there's, you know, tons of, of free options now, you know, whether it be Spotify or Amazon or, you know, just different, different things. And you can just type in um, Advent music and King's Choir, they've done mm-hmm. several recordings of just that. Or type in Lessons and Carols, because you know all those are going to be Advent hymns. Just anything like that. I mean, and even if you wanted to go the classical route, Bach did a bunch of, of his cantatas for Advent. Cause he, cause although he wasn't, he wasn't Catholic, he wasn't writing for that. He was writing for a liturgical church. So mm-hmm. he did have, you know, stuff for just about every time of year. Uh, so there's, I mean, there's options like that, but I mean, and I I'm, I'm putting up playlists and things like that too, where it's just the, the ones that we and the versions that we like. Um, and that'll all be up on the, the website, but just things like that. I would just, I would even just like, just take one and learn it. This, this, advent this year okay so starting like with one home. would even be yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay you wanted that to be your hymn study for the for december you know it, it doesn't have to be okay we're gonna throw them all in there and let's just jumble it all up it can be just let's let's find one that speaks to our family and that's going to have an impact on our family and then if we like it we can add another one next year or we can you know just try it out Oh, I love that. Okay, so let's talk about Oh Come Let Us Adore Him. Uh, tell me a little bit about that because that's your newest book for families. Right, so kind of like how I said about Messiah, we, we were focusing on like the same five. And I don't know, I, I know that my mom did not like say, okay, this week we're learning this one, this week we're learning this one. But I realized that I just had somehow, she had she had made it to where, we had a lot of exposure to, I mean, and they weren't Advent carols because my dad is a is Baptist minister, but I'm talking about like Christmas carols here. But the same thing, what I wanted was that there was a more intentional exposure to different Advent carols versus the same you know, too. So, like, oh, come and come, Emmanuel and and people look east. You know, I'm like, okay, they've got that down. They <laughs> so you, you wrote
0: this book for yeah. me,
1: right? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like most everything I write, it's because okay, I'm I'm tired of messing with this. I need to get organized so that I can you know make something happen in my home. Um, honestly, so it's it's a a calendar for that and to have different Advent carols spread out throughout the season that can be picked from and. You know, you know what day they apply to specifically, but if you just like it, you can also use it there. And it's got the the history behind it, a recording that you can learn it with your family, you know, things like that. The text, of course. Um, and and what I, a lot of people I don't think realize is that, you know, when you get into those more classic, like holiday songs and things like that, a lot of those are still copywritten. So it's mm. hard to do, if you're going to use the text, if you're going to use recording things like that to use those as much as my kids do love them but you know when the song is 200 years old or the tunes 200 years old and then you know 100 year old english text then it's a lot easier to to work with and and oftentimes it's a lot better written when you get to the you know the prose and things like that so um so prose text i mean
0: with the with
1: the book uh you said there were recordings are these recordings that you've done yourself some of them are um, right now because there's so many of them, they're, they're not all by me. Okay. So they're, but they're all going to be free, either ones that I've put up on YouTube on, on my channel or, uh, you know, just free, good quality ones that are by other, other folks on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. One of the things that I like about the
0: recordings that you make for
1: us is that
0: there's not typically instruments in there. Right. And so it's very e- easy to to focus on uh, learning to sing the words and learning the melody along with you. Because sometimes when we get into these more traditional hymns and things, especially when it's like a choir singing, you know, there's so many parts and moving things
1: going on. It's like, oh, which one do I sing? You know, right? How, how mm-hmm. do I find the melody? So, yeah, exactly. And so when you're when you're learning any any you know sung music, the the most basic way that we have learned that as as humans, things like that, is that we would listen to our parents. And it's the passing of that, you know, that oral tradition, um, even though it is singing, from the parent to the child. So when I record stuff, I'm I'm trying to, you know, be the the, the next best thing. Does that if that makes sense? So if if I know somebody that doesn't have uh, you know, musical expertise or doesn't know this particular thing and that's really what started you know our singing with the saint stuff and everything was that somebody asked me to do a saint lucy day Mm. recording in english because she couldn't find a recording in english she didn't know anything about music she didn't you know all she saw had that were were the were the words in front of her or a copy of the english words translated and um no recordings uh, for her daughter to sing along with, and that really spurred a lot of that, of having the courage to even, like, record anything, because, yeah, with my personality, I I don't want to be, um, <laughs> 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 like, out there, um, you know, like, I stand behind the organ if I have to do something at church, or I say, st- you know, <laughs> if I'm at a funeral, I'm like, okay, let's just hide over here. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> we, we thank you so much for doing it. And
0: we're so appreciative of the fact that that you have put yourself out there and, and made these lovely recordings and both of these resources that are going to be good for families this, uh, this Advent. You can either choose Awaiting the Messiah or Oh Come Let Us Adore Him, depending on which direction you want to go. Our genie would probably be happy if you chose both. So... Oh.
1: <laughs> Do one, do one each year. I mean, and there that, but that's the thing that I tried to do with it too. Is that you can choose how in depth you want it to be. You can do it once a week and have it just be their soundtrack, you know, while while they're playing, and just hit hit the seven, you know, days worth while they're in an afternoon. Or you can, you know, you can make it work for you because that's my thing. I don't, I don't stay on track with everything. I I can't hold all the balls, you know, juggling them in the air constantly something's going to drop at some point and having those opportunities to catch up or to you know tweak a little bit here or there and still not feel like a failure I'm, I'm all about them <laughs> I love it I love it so much yes you are speaking my language so Jenny tell everybody where they can find you online most all my stuff is on just on the website barefootabby.com if you want more like daily saint stuff or you know kind of what we're doing on the fly, uh, type of thing. That's going to be Instagram. And that's, that's about, you know, as much as I can keep up with online wise. And <laughs> is that, is fly. that barefoot Abby on Instagram or yeah, it's that barefoot Abby, just all, all smushed together. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on and joining me and talking about Advent music.
0: You made me feel better about it. I will say Oh, fabulous. <laughs> yeah, you really did. So I'm, I'm going to be looking at some of those recommendations you made. And you're right. Let's just take one new one and add it to our rotation this year. and And we can just keep doing that year after year. And before you know it, we'll have built up our collection. So I love it. Awesome. Yeah. And there you have it. Now, if you would like links to any of the resources or songs that Jenny and I chatted about today, you can find them on the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Those are at pambarnhill.com forward slash YMB 84. And we'll also link up both of Jenny's fabulous holiday music studies for you over there as well. Now, we are about to head into our winter hiatus here at the Your Morning Basket Plus podcast. The entire team is going to take a little bit of time off to spend the holidays with our families, but we are coming back on December 29th with a very special New Year's resolutions for your morning time episode. Don Garrett and I will be back with that, and then we'll be jumping straight into the new season of the podcast in January. And we have so many great things planned for you guys. We're going to be talking about studying travel in your morning time a little bit of math doing some tea time how to handle multiple ages of kids a growth mindset from a christian perspective and we're even going to have some very special guests like martin cothran so so happy to be launching that next season do come back and join us then and until then happy holidays merry christmas from our families to yours